0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast.
1: we got here. Hmm. Do you want mushrooms on this pizza? Yeah, Yeah, just chopping one up. We usually talk about investment decisions on Money Clinic, but it tends to be about what you might put in your pension or stocks and shares ISA, not about what you put in your shopping basket. The rising cost of living means that home economics are coming to the fore. Frankly, we're all looking for ways that we can save money in the kitchen and also guard against wasting money. So from my kitchen to yours, here are lots of tips for cooking up some sizable savings. Every little helps. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times, all about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. This week's episode is particularly close to my heart as I love cooking and I love saving money. We're going to run you through some innovative ideas on both, and one of them will involve rethinking the relationship you have with your freezer.
2: The best way to think about your freezer is to think about it like Netflix. Gone are the days that you need to cook at six o'clock at night. You now
1: can cook whenever you want. But how can we make our cooking more efficient in terms of both time and cost? You may well have spotted a cult item on social media right now. The air fryer.
3: The average household spends about 43 minutes cooking a day. That's in an oven. So if you switch out... An air fryer for that, you're going to be spending about a third less time and money on cooking.
1: OK chefs, let's get started on our cooking hacks recipe. In the last episode, we met 25-year-old Susanna, who lives and works in London and, like many of us, is trying to keep a grip on her rising food bills. I cook for myself
4: most of the time, but I do love to eat out and I do like to treat myself and go out with friends.
1: When you're cooking at home, are you just cooking for yourself or do you live with other people?
4: I live with other people, but most of the time I cook for myself. We occasionally cook together, but 90% of the time I'm cooking for myself. And, I mean, what would you like to ask the podcast experts about? Tips for aiming to reduce food waste, definitely. That's something that is really important to me and I, I hate wasting food and I always try to avoid it, but sometimes it just happens and some tips about what keeps the best in the freezer or the fridge or that kind of thing and what else advice on on planning meals and how i can save money around you know from from planning more successfully
1: i often turn to instagram for food related inspiration and one of the accounts i've been following religiously is suzanne mulholland in scotland better known to her hundreds of thousands of followers as The Batch Lady.
2: Yes, thank you, Claire. Hi, I'm Suzanne Mulholland, and an author that writes a series of books called The Batch Lady.
1: Now, The Batch Lady, batch cooking, of course. Now, if people haven't heard of this phenomenon, explain to us briefly what it is and why it's becoming so popular right now. Yeah, so most people know the old-fashioned
2: term, batch cooking, to like make a huge vat of stuff and get it in your freezer and eat it forever and ever and ever. But actually, these days, batch cooking is all about modern, cool um, recipes that you um, double up and you have one for that night, one that you put in your freezer to make life a lot easier, basically.
1: The point is, batch cooking cuts waste and saves time. Suzanne, aka the Batch Lady's cooking hacks, have become hugely popular in the past year as the cost of living has started to bite. The evidence? Her social media following has ballooned.
2: Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, we've gone from something like 40,000 on Instagram to 140,000 on Instagram and we're now at about half a million across all the sort of social media that I do. It's just going mad at the moment.
1: So how does batch cooking work and what's the best way we could get started?
2: You really don't need much, actually. I mean, you'll already have nearly all of it in your house. A huge big pot always helps, of course. So if you've only got diddy little pots. Go and get yourself a big sort of 10-litre pot will be handy. Um, And I freeze everything in bags. So you can either use reusable ones, which you can get on the internet. You just wash them out and reuse them again. Or you can buy the plastic ones in the supermarket, but you can also wash them back out, freeze everything flat. And you just need either a marker or a chalk pen to write on what you actually have in the bag. Because once you put that in the freezer... You'll think you remember what's in that bag, but I promise you, you won't have a clue by the time it's frozen.
1: Yes, I can attest um, that the contents of the Claire Barrett freezer prove that this is indeed the case. Now, the big question is how much money could somebody save by doing this?
2: You'll save a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money, because you are going to sit down and think, right, what am I going to make? You're going to write a list. You're going to check what you've got in your house and then go and buy the extra ingredients that you need. So you are automatically not panic buying. You're not just dashing into the local um, shop to pick up two frozen pizzas. You're actually having a think and you're being more mindful about it.
1: Yeah. And also you're not going to be paying the takeaway tax haven't been well organized enough, get home, end up doing a delivery oh dear. Exactly. Yeah. What are the things that might surprise people that 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 work as a frozen meal that you can then defrost and, and cook?
2: Actually, you can pretty much freeze nearly anything. So, for example, a lot of the meals that I show people how to make is you're not actually cooking them at all. Say you take a chicken breast and you cut it in half and you stuff it with some things and you wrap it in bacon and then you just put that in your freezer bag already raw. You've just got everything ready. It doesn't need to be cooked in advance. It can just be put in. We call them sort of a grab-and-cook bag. So you can sit there and make up lots of these sort of raw bags. I mean... You know, you can do stir fries, you can do Thai seafood parcels, like really um, sort of a piece of fish and you're putting pesto and all your veg in it and wrapping it in little parcel bags and they can all be frozen like that and they can be cooked from frozen as well. The secret is, is to use a recipe that says it's for the freezer. That's very important because the recipes have to be changed to make sure they actually work in the freezer.
1: Hmm. One thing I didn't realise until relatively recently that you could freeze quite successfully was cheese.
2: Yes, you can. So if you've um, and actually if you've had people over for supper and you've got half a cheese board left, if you can sort of cut it so it looks quite decent, you can actually freeze that and it'll work quite well again when it comes out as a cheese board again, if you want to reuse it or you can just chop it up, grate it, keep it in your freezer and use it to make, you know, a, Three cheese macaroni or something like that with some
1: lovely cheesies. So this was all sounding good, but I had some doubts. Surely I'd have to spend my entire weekend cooking in order to batch up enough meals for the week.
2: So I'm going to give you an example here. Please do. If you're doing a spaghetti bolognese, for example, then and you doubled it up, then you could take half of it out in it's spaghetti bolognese. Then you just add in. Some chili, some chili powder, some cumin, some kidney beans, and you've made a chili. While that's sitting bubbling away, and you're just letting it bubble away on the stove, you could be making meatballs and some mex ready for fajitas at exactly the same time.
1: Okay, so batch cooking isn't about making a noodle salad on a Monday, putting it in five sad little Tupperware boxes, and then still having to eat it on a Friday when it's probably minging. But it does require planning ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, this isn't meal prep. This is batch cooking, which is really getting in your freezer. The best way to think about your freezer is for to think about it like Netflix. Gone are the days where we used to all watch live TV and then when the adverts came on, have to run up and go and make a cup of tea and come flying back to watch the rest. We now just use a remote control, pause it, come back whenever we want. Batch cooking is exactly the same. Gone are the days that you need to cook at six o'clock at night. You now can cook whenever you want in your pyjamas on a Sunday morning watching a movie. You can cook whenever you want, put it in your freezer. That is your remote control. You're pausing it. Have it whenever you want it.
1: Think of your freezer like Netflix. I love it. And maybe cancel the actual Netflix subscription as well to save a bit more money. <laughs> in terms of forethought in the morning, for what you're going to be cooking in the evening, how much defrosting is involved with the batch cooking method?
2: OK, so it really depends what you're cooking. But the general thought is, if it's fish, you don't need to defrost it. If it's chicken, you do need to defrost it. Red meat, you don't need to defrost. So basically, if somebody's following my recipes, it tells you at the bottom whether you're going to defrost it or whether you're going to cook it from frozen. And in the front of the books always has a big list of all the recipes that can be
1: cooked from frozen. One thing you will need to do to get started on batch cooking is to stop using your freezer as a dumping ground.
2: Just keep a little list at the side of the fridge. You take something out, score it out, you put something in, add it on, and then it just allows you to use it like this working machine that's actually there to help you in life. And the fuller your freezer, the cheaper it is to run.
1: Batch cooking is all about efficiency, both the time it takes to plan and cook meals, but also the cost savings. How about the method that you use to cook your food? As energy costs spiral, could that make a material difference to your budget? Air fryers have been trending on social media in recent months, but I wanted to find out exactly what they do and how much they cost to run. I met up with Archie Lassiter, a sustainability lead at energy company Utilita. He's just completed a study into the costs of different cooking methods in conjunction with Iceland, the supermarkets.
3: So I think as everybody's monthly budgets have become squeezed due to inflation reaching you know, forecast 15% and, and energy prices driving a lot of that, we've really been looking hard as, a, as an energy supplier at what role we can play in, in addressing that for our consumers. So we've worked with Iceland to understand energy generally wasted through cooking,
1: one of Archie's most significant findings is that 40% of UK households do their cooking in an oven. And, he says, that's not very efficient.
3: So a microwave or a uh, slow cooker or an air fryer, for example, use less space to, uh, to actually cook the same amount of meals, so they're losing less energy whilst cooking the same meal. So it makes sense that our, the results of our research shows that You can save up to £287 a year by using a microwave instead of using an oven.
1: Now, air fryers, they're becoming a cult item, widely discussed on energy-saving forums. You've got one here. Can you tell us, Archie, how does an air fryer
3: actually work? So it's done by convection heating, so you plug it in, you turn it on, um, you set it to the heat that you want to, for, to cook the food at and uh, it has a little fan at the bottom and a heating element and that fan circulates the heat throughout the cavity inside and cooks your food in a more nutritious way because it's not using oils um, and also cooks it quicker to the same standard that you would get if you cooked it in an oven.
1: I mean, looking at the box, I mean, this looks... A little bit like a kettle but you've got a drawer at the bottom that you pull out put your food in slam the drawer hit the buttons are there any things that you can't cook in an air fryer or, or things that you can cook in one that, that might surprise people
3: so i think you can pretty much cook anything there may be some things that you can't fit in an air fryer that you might be able to fit in an oven but If you get rid of that size problem, it can cook absolutely everything that an oven can cook.
1: And potentially some tasty savings.
3: Yes, so cooking the same meal in an air fryer takes less time, um, and also an air fryer is more energy efficient. So you could save about a third on the energy costs of using an oven to cook the same meal as using an air fryer.
1: I mean, air fryers aren't cheap. A lot of them retail for between 50 and £180 for the bigger ones. So that's quite an upfront investment for people to be making.
3: It is. So we've worked with Iceland to source one retailing at £35, which you can't get cheaper anywhere else. So the return on investment for that is about 47 days. So you buy an air fryer, the savings you make compared to cooking in an oven, you'll pay that back within 47 days. And then you're laughing because every day beyond that you're spending less money.
1: But you don't have to shell out for an air fryer from Iceland or anywhere else. I personally won't be bothering, as I like to cook using my microwave. The research found that cooking a jacket potato costs only 3p in the microwave versus 27p in the oven. Small savings, but they add up over time. And Iceland knows its shoppers are watching every penny. From this month, Iceland's own brand food packaging will display the number of minutes it takes to cook that item in an air fryer. Different appliances will be colour coded according to how energy efficient they are. But it's not all about cooking appliances. There are other things you can do to save money this winter too
3: so that might be only filling the kettle with the amount of water you need so a tip could be to fill the cup up and then pour that into the kettle first and uh, you could also use a size saucepan that matches the size of the hob you're using so you don't want flames coming up around the side of the saucepan or the pan and you could put a lid on that pan as well
1: and planning on changing our habits and actually changing them are two different things now do you have any habits changing tips for people who will be looking at that choice between price and convenience
3: so generally what we see in behavioral science is that it's all about making the choice the most convenient one so if this is about using an air fryer instead of using an oven it's about making that air fryer Putting it in a place that's accessible in the home so that you're going to use it rather than using it once and storing it away. That is one of the key factors in helping people turn these one-off behaviours into lifetime habits.
1: You've got to make it easy for yourself to keep following.
3: Exactly, yeah. The convenient choice is always going to be the one that you make. That's just the human condition.
1: Well, Susanna is still with us and has been listening in. What does she make of all of those suggestions? Let's start with The Batch Lady. What did you think of the tip that you should think of your freezer like Netflix, food on demand? <laughs> I love that. I think that's brilliant. And that's kind of, I think that's a
4: really great way to visualise it as well, the idea of having a list and being able to really think about what you've got and scrolling through and, and thinking about what what you fancy that evening.
1: I, I love that idea. I think that's a good, that's a good one. Because you say that you really hate wasting food. I mean, do you think batch cooking... Could help with that? I think so.
4: And, and especially with the view to, to try and freeze more, because I didn't know that
1: you could freeze cheese. Well, I often, before we go on holiday, if there's like half a pint of milk in the fridge, I'll sling that in the freezer and then we know we've got milk for when we come back. Cunning. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> now, the million dollar question, of course, is do you think using these methods will save you money? Oh,
4: I think only time will tell. I hope so. I hope so. I really like the idea of freezing things in bags. Freezer space is something I struggle with. So being able to freeze more, I think will, because there have been times where, you know, I'd I'd love to put a batch of, of stir fried veg in, but there's simply not room. And so, you know, I, I lose it. And so that hopefully will make a difference.
1: Excellent. So Archie was telling us about the the rise of the air fryer i mean they are pretty cult objects at the moment air fryers do you know anyone who's got one
4: yes my flatmates have an air fryer and they love it and i've i've enjoyed kind of having it there but i don't often use it i'll be honest i haven't ever been tempted to buy one because your question that you you asked archie about the, the upfront cost i wouldn't want to spend that much in the moment but perhaps actually it would be worth it
1: and thinking about the cost of cooking the cost of having the oven on versus using a microwave or an air fryer, particularly if you're cooking for one. Is that something that you'd ever factored in to the finances of the food shop before?
4: I think it's it's always been on my mind, but never something that I've crunched the numbers on. And I think purely, for example, that I live with a couple and so I see that they are spending not much more than me on a shot, but they're feeding the two of them, you know, it's, it's between the two of them.
1: Um, so it's, it's definitely something that I'm aware of. And finally, before um, we depart, what do you think that you will do differently as a result of taking part in Money Clinic? I think the tips that stand
4: out to me the most are about looking out for those, those yellow stickers at the supermarket, going later perhaps to to make the most of um, reductions. And also the freezer, I need to I need to rethink my freezer drawer and get some, some of those nice silicon bags. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well I've got some and I have to say they're, they're great. You can use them again and again. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing all of your thoughts on Money Clinic. It's been absolutely wonderful to have you on and Time to hit the kitchen. That's it from Money Clinic this week. And as the bills go shooting upwards, we hope these episodes have given you some useful tips on how to save money on one of life's essentials. If you'd like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, then get in touch. You can email me. Our address is money at fd.com or DM me on Twitter instagram or tiktok i'm at claire b money clinic was produced by persis love and philippa goodrich our executive producer is manuela Saragosa. our sound engineer is breen turner and the original music is by metaphor music and finally the money clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice for that you'll need to find an independent financial advisor that's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye.
0: Botox Cosmetic. Auto botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full
1: prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
0: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin?